Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Secret Language Podcast. It is a Tuesday. Happy Ides of March, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Uh, for those of you that don't know, the Ides of March is what is historically recognized as the day that the senators of Rome, including Brutus himself, decided to assassinate Julius Caesar. Um, one of my favorite holidays. I, I just think it's really neat. I think if I could go back in time and speak with any historical figure, it would be Brutus. I think that whole concept of, you know, killing someone you love, a friend even, for the sake and good of the country is a really interesting thought experiment. Uh, Not to mention that the the assassination of Julius Caesar kind of led to a serious downfall of the Roman Empire. Whatever. Not my thing. But uh, super... I, I don't know. I don't know. I like the Ides of March. It's kind of funny. One of my favorite jokes is a joke that was tweeted out from Sparknotes, the uh, literary help website. They make books. You know, you've heard of Sparknotes if you're a student. Um, they they tweeted a joke out last year on the Ides of March and says, "Just a reminder that the Ides of March is a hoax holiday invented by Big Dagger to sell more daggers." I don't know. I find it hilarious. It's like my favorite joke. I love it, and I retweet it every year because I it's my favorite joke. What can I say? Um, this week, I'd like to talk to you guys about a film I'm very excited to talk about. It's called The Conversation. It was written and directed by Francis Ford Coppola. It debuted in 1974, so at the time I was negative uh, 24 years old. It has... A 87 on Metacritic. It's got an average letterbox rating of 4.1 out of 5 stars. This is a film that has very good reviews. It was also nominated for three Oscars. Uh, It was nominated for Best Picture, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Sound. And I gotta say, it's kind of a shame, having seen this movie twice now, that it didn't win any of those awards. Because really, it should have won at least one, and frankly, it could have won all three. I mean, it is a brilliant, brilliant film. The synopsis reads, A paranoid, secretive surveillance expert has a crisis of conscience when he suspects that the people he is spying on will be murdered. Um, On its surface, this is a film that reminds me an awful lot of Alfred Hitchcock's film Rear Window. It's very similar in its uh, concept, but its approach and its its style is is very different. It's it's very much like a Francis Ford Coppola film. It's very you know 1970s. It's it's a very awesome, very fun movie, in my opinion. Well, maybe not fun in the traditional sense, but I really greatly enjoyed it. Uh, how did I come about hearing about this? I mean, it's it's a classic, apparently. I mean, I didn't know that until I saw it and read the trivia. But um, I've talked on the podcast before about my favorite movie theater here in St. Louis. It's the Plaza Frontenac Theater at the Frontenac uh, Mall. It's it's my favorite theater. They show, you know, lower budget indie art film, things like that. Like, they show, it's more of a cinema than like a movie theater, you know? Um, we were there a couple weeks ago to see this other movie. And this trailer comes on, and this trailer looks fantastic. I'm like, man, that looks like really old school. They clearly shot it on film. 
I mean, the trailer is fantastic. And then all of a sudden this this Harrison Ford shows up and I'm like, man, that that like CGI young Harrison Ford looks amazing. Like, whoa, what is this movie? And then like at the end it's like directed by Francis Ford Coppola. And I'm like, oh, that's an old movie. <laughs> uh, I looked it up and it was, you know, 1974. It's got reviews. Like you can stream it here. And I was like, what in the world? Like when you see the previews at a movie theater, like obviously they're for movies that are coming out or going to be showing. Like, like why, why this? Like, this movie isn't having its anniversary anytime soon. It's just kind of random. Like, why did this show up? But clearly, I was really excited about it. So, I went home and streamed it on Hulu pretty much as soon as possible. And I think you should do the same. You should stream it on Hulu because it is a brilliant film. And I'm going to get to that here in a second. But uh, as it turns out. Uh, they did end up showing it at the Frontenac Cinema. Um, I, I checked their, like, coming soon, and it wasn't on the schedule until, like, this week. And uh, so I went out yesterday afternoon, like, 1 o'clock showing, and sat down alone and watched the conversation, which is, like, really appropriate given the content of the film. And I, I also really love going to the theater alone. Like, it's a really fun time for me. But, I mean, it was a great experience. And it's a great film. Um, I rated this four and a half stars the first time I saw it. And that was just sitting on my couch. And getting to see it on the big screen just pushed it over to a five star experience for me. I mean, it is a really, really great film. And I cannot recommend it enough. And I'm going to explain to you why it's so good. For one thing, um, this is the favorite work of both Francis Ford Coppola and Gene Hackman, the, the actor who stars in this. And if you know anything about th these two individuals, um, they have quite a repertoire, quite a history. Um, Francis Ford Coppola famously directed The Godfather, which is oftentimes debated as the greatest movie ever made. And he also directed um, Apocalypse Now, which is another film that's like really highly regarded. Like Francis Ford Coppola is a genius, and he makes very good films time after time after time, and this is his favorite of his works, like, that says something. Now, he also wrote it, but still, it's his favorite work. Gene Hackman is a very highly respected, well-accomplished actor, and this is the favorite film that he has ever worked in. Like, that is a very high bar to set. Now, Francis Ford Coppola wrote this film in 1966. Now, for those of you keeping track at home, uh, that is eight years before the movie actually was released and got made. Uh, and that's because Coppola couldn't find the financial... He couldn't raise the funds to make this movie. There was no money. Like, no one wanted to to put the money down to make this film. It wasn't until this little picture called The Godfather came out till people were like, oh yeah, that guy Coppola. I will make anything that he wants to make because Coppola, you know... You make a movie like The Godfather and it turns out to be one of the best movies ever made. People are going to be like, yeah... I'll let you make whatever movie you want. Go for it, my man. And I gotta say, it is just fantastic. I I really seriously love it. Um, one of the things that this film does very well, one of the things that like I think is really awesome technically about it, is that the film really captures this idea of surveillance. So our main character, Harry Call, played by Gene Hackman, 
is a surveillance private contractor. So basically, in this film, he is being hired by a guy only known as the director to record a conversation between these two people. And the film shows you that these two people are being, like, surveyed instead of telling you. And, like, that is the number one rule in writing a screenplay is show, don't tell. And that's a hard thing to do. Like, how, how do you show... How do you start a movie by showing that these two people are being spied on? Like, you could show the people with their recorders, and, and it does. But the film opens with this shot of, like, this quad, the area where these two people are walking around in public. And it starts with this big wide shot from, like, on top of a building. And the camera zooms, and it zooms, and it zooms, and it zooms in on these people. And it tracks them. And so it, it has the, the, the view of like looking through binoculars where you have to kind of like follow them around and they're really close up on the screen and everything in front of them and behind them is coming into focus and people are walking in front of the camera. Like it clearly shows that these two people are being followed and they're being watched. And then of course they show you, you know, there's one guy up on the top of the building with a parabolic mic and there's this guy who's walking around recording them with like a handheld mic, like just kind of trailing them. And it shows you eventually that, oh, they're being recorded by audio. But it also shows you very clearly that these two people are being followed. And and that's a really simple thing. Like, it's something you wouldn't even think about until you start to think, oh, how do I know that they're being followed? Because it shows you. And it's, it's just a little piece of genius, and it's really, really well executed. I mean, the whole film is shot really well. I really love the way it looks. I mean, part of that is just films from that era. I really like, you know, that kind of grainy, this was very clearly shot on film look. Like, films nowadays are, are shot a lot of the times and primarily on digital. And so when you go back to something like 1974, like, everything's shot on film and it looks like it. And it's got this really charming look. And, and of course, I mean, it's Coppola, so, like, it's done very well. So, like, it's well executed on top of just having a really nice aesthetic look and that's awesome. And the performances, I mean, Gene Hackman puts on a really great performance, and, like, it really kind of set the bar higher for actors at that time after seeing that film on how to really live inside a character. Um, the music is haunting. Like, it's just, it's very simple, very stripped down, but a lot of people have described the music as, like, loneliness. Like, that, that score is like what it sounds like to be lonely. And so earlier when I said going by myself at one o'clock in the afternoon to see this film is like very appropriate for this one because like it's kind of a lonely movie and, and it kind of fits. Um, another thing that I really love about it is that it's just another slow burn film. And if you like slow burn films, then you'll really like this where it just kind of slowly builds tension and slowly just progresses until... You know, you get to the climax there at the end. Uh, I also love the moral dilemma side of things. It's, like I said, it's a lot like Rear Window, where a guy suspects that something bad's about to happen, but he doesn't know for sure, and so he doesn't know, do I talk to the police? But if I talk to the police, like, how do I explain, oh yeah, I, I you know, was bugging these people, and I recorded this conversation for this guy, and all these things. And it turns out Harry Call is actually a religious person. He... There's a scene where he goes to confession and, you know, at, at mass. Well, it's not at mass, but he goes to confession 
and he gets offended when people use the Lord's name in vain. And so you establish that he is a morally good person doing morally ambiguous things. Which I always think is fun to watch because it, it because that's like the beauty of film, I think, is that it allows you to put yourself in someone else's shoes for just a little bit without ever actually having to live with the consequences. And so you get to put yourself in Harry Call's shoes and you say, man, what would I do in this situation? And like you get to kind of sit and think about what you would do while you end up watching what he actually does. Um, there's a really great piece of symbolism in this. I, I talked about him being a good person on the inside, but doing this like morally ambiguous job, like having this morally ambiguous career. Uh, the whole time in this movie, Harry Call is wearing a really odd piece of clothing, and it's like a rain jacket, except it looks like halfway like disposable. It's this like kind of opaque, clear rain jacket. And there's no reason for it. It's never raining, but he always has it on. And I think it's I think it's in a way kind of symbolic that he is a good person on the inside. You can see very clearly, like, you know, what he's wearing. He's wearing a suit and tie and a nice shirt and like all this stuff. Like, totally normal dude. But this kind of opaque jacket is this it's almost symbolic of this kind of moral ambiguity, this fuzzy area that he works in. Like you put this jacket on over, over your clothes and like everything underneath it becomes blurry. Just like his actions are kind of morally blurry. Like, is it good? Well, he's not actually doing anything wrong, but you know what, whatever his clients do with the recording, it might, might end up being bad. Like he suspects they might be murdered and like, it's, it's very morally ambiguous and the fact that they can kind of show you that with a piece of clothing, again, it's very subliminal, but when you think about it, it makes sense, and, like, it's a really cool decision. Um, I don't want to go into a spoiler review. I could. Oh, and I'd like to. But what I'd really like is for someone, even just one person, to just watch this movie. It's on Hulu. Go on, watch this movie. Like, fire me a text. I would love to talk to you about this movie, but, like, this is not the platform for it. As much as I'd like for it to be the platform for it, it just, it's not. So, like I said, this is a five-star film. I personally love it. I think it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. It's one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. Like, this is a top-notch piece of work. And so, I just ask, give it a try. Like, it's, it's an hour and 47 minutes. It's not that long. It's maybe a little slow for some people, but it's worth it. Like, if you take the time to actually watch it, it's it's really a wonderful film. It's also PG, which, like, you super can't argue with that. Like, PG is awfully nice. So, that's my review of the conversation. Um, going to move on to some personal stuff, you know, like I, I do. I always have, like, a secondary bit to go on. Um, it's a little odd, right, that on, on Monday, yesterday... I turn around and I, I go to the movie theater at one o'clock in the afternoon to watch a, you know, near two hour movie. How does that work? Well, um, there's a reason I didn't post last week and, and that's kind of because we had a weird week. Like we spent all weekend in Tampa to go visit my brothers. And so like, I didn't record it beforehand and then Monday came and I meant to record it Monday and I didn't, I meant to record it Tuesday and I didn't, by the time I actually felt like recording, it was like Thursday, and it's like, well, I might as well just push this off till next week. Um, but about two weeks ago, it was 
uh, it was it'll be two weeks tomorrow on Wednesday. I actually got laid off from my job, which is uh, not ideal. It's kind of an unfortunate situation, you know, being without work. But uh, that's why I've had the time to go to the movie theaters in the afternoon whenever I want. So it's it's not a big deal. It's nothing to be worried about. I'm not worried about it. I I live in St. Louis, which is a very large metropolitan area. So. It's not like I have to pick up my life and move to find another job. There are a lot of opportunities here. I've been having a lot of good conversations with employers. Um, I'm not worried about finding a job, but it is what's going on in my life right now. I am currently unemployed. I've been unemployed for almost two weeks. And it's not fun, but I'm not miserable. I'm actually kind of enjoying having this time to myself. It's quite nice to, to kind of get out and to decompress a little bit. It's It's, it's been good. But uh, that's kind of the weird thing going on in my life. I'm very fortunate to live in St. Louis because there are a lot of cities and a lot of places I could live where you lose a job and there's there's not there's not an engineering firm there's not an engineering job for you know sixty hundred miles. It's like I would have to pick up my life and move just to be able to support myself. And, and living in this metropolitan area allows me to stay. I get to stay put in this city that I love, and I can still worship at the church here, and I can still, you know, have and live near all my friends. Like, my life doesn't have to change. I don't have to pick up and move just just to continue to live. So, we're very fortunate. Things are great. I'm not worried about it. But uh, it's, a, it's a fun and exciting time, I guess, you know. Learning to see the good in it, and that's, it's very, it's very new, but that's what's going on in my life right now, I can't say that I haven't told anyone if I'm literally blasting out for the entire internet, even though I say that, there's only like 14 of you that listen, so, (laughs) you 14 people now know that I've been unemployed for about two weeks, um, so that's what's going on, uh, in Watford news, because that's something that I'm thinking about for some reason, um, we won our match this week. I couldn't believe it. We played Southampton, which is another team that's around the same, you know, quality as as Watford. They did beat us last time we played them. I was not feeling super confident, but we ended up winning 2-1 on the road, which is really great because Watford are in a pretty pretty nasty spot. We're currently in 18th place, which is still in the relegation zone. We are only there on goal differential, we have the same number of points as Everton, but uh, we've conceded more goals. So we're, we're technically, if, if the season ended today, we would be relegated. But there are nine games left. There are some winnable games left. There are some drawable games left. And there are some games where we have to play Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea. Games that we really just, oh, I don't want to watch them. It's pretty it's pretty weird. Like it's not a great time to be a Watford fan, but it hasn't stopped me. I, I don't know why I chose this team, but I did. And it's kinda ruining my life. Not really. Uh I very much enjoy watching this team. Um I'll be excited to watch them again next season, whether that's in the championship or continuing in the Premier League. Whatever it is. Come on, you horns. I'm awfully excited about it. Um one thing I've been thinking about lately. Uh, we, ha- we have a baseball season this year. Um, I don't follow baseball very closely at all, mostly because it is kind of a boring game and because there's like 162 games 
that each team plays every year. It's it is like absurd. Um so I don't follow it very closely, but there's been a lockout between the players and and like ownership about the collective bargaining agreement. It's basically about how players are able to sign contracts and, you know, be, become employed. And and they finally came to an agreement and so there is an opening day scheduled. So like April 7th, the Major League Baseball season starts. Now, for those of you that have listened to this podcast for a while, you'll know that like last summer, or maybe even longer ago than that, I, I posted an episode about how to fix baseball. And basically I proposed this idea where you follow like the European football model, where teams can get relegated based on how many points they score. You know, and that's, you know, three points for a win, one for a draw, nothing for a loss. And I'm thinking that it could be a really fun experiment that for the for the course of this Major League Baseball season, I I keep track of all the games as if it were the Premier League. And so it'll be like the Major League Baseball Premier League, where if a game goes into extra innings, you just forget the extra innings, you give each team a point, and you see how that changes the standings if you score based on that versus how the actual MLB standings go. Um, I might be the only person in the world that finds this interesting, but I think it's a fun thought experiment. It's a fun like idea. It may not may not be very practical, but I think it's fun. So I think I'm going to do that. I think it'd be kind of fun to, to keep track of it during the year. And then, I don't know, maybe do something creative and John Boise. Uh with it at the, at the end of the season. I don't know, it'd be kind of fun. So that's what's going on. That's It's been a couple weeks since I recorded and posted, so that's my excuse. I've been unemployed, which I, I guess is also not an excuse, because now you have a lot of free time. But go out, watch the conversation. It's on Hulu. Um, I know most people, it's probably the most ignored of the streaming services, but I think everyone knows someone who has a Hulu account. You could also just rent it on Amazon. It's it's worth the three bucks, I promise. Um, watch this movie. Shoot me a text. I'd love to hear your thoughts about it because I, I, this is my hot take. I think it's the best Francis Ford Coppola movie. I think it's better than The Godfather, and I certainly like it better than The Godfather. So that's what's going on. That's my life. Thank you guys for tuning in to this podcast. It means a lot to me. Go out there. Have a good week. Be nice to everyone because they deserve it. And until next week.